0: Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Mesa Christian Church. Last Sunday I spoke for a moment about the scripture 1 John 4.4 Greater is he that's within you than he that is in the world. And what do we do when there's pressure and increasing persecution and challenge for Christians and religious freedom? Jesus taught us to rejoice and don't be surprised. Secondly, we need to pray for those who persecute us and thirdly to bless those who despitefully speak against us and we learnt afresh how that we can love and bless our community our friends our relatives with all the uh, pressure and confusion that's happening right now in our nation we can pray and bless but my question is today how big is the God in you because it says greater is he that's within you than he that's in the world and today I want to talk about how great is the God That's within you. Let's reach up to heaven and just pray. Father, I thank you that you are awesome. Greater is he that's within us than he that's in the world. But Lord, I pray today there'll be a fresh revelation. There'll be a fresh reminder of of how awesome you are. Lord, we lift up your name that you are the King of kings and Lord of lords. You are greater than all situations and circumstances that come against us. Lord, the tide of iniquity that comes against your church. Lord, you're greater than every lie that would come out of our own self. Lord, you are the awesome God. And we just pray, Holy Spirit, you would speak to our hearts. Bring hope, breakthrough, comfort, healing and strength, we pray, in the mighty name of Jesus. Everyone said... Amen. God bless you. Let's take our seats. God is so, so good. So how big is the God that you know and that you serve? Is He big enough to break the strongholds over your life? Is He big enough to help you to face issues instead of running or fighting in with your own strength? Is He big enough to give you courage to faithfully keep serving him when some of your family don't understand your faith or your journey? Is he big enough when disappointment comes that you will keep on loving and serving him passionately 100% or do you sort of pull back and say, oh God, I don't really know how this is working? He's the mighty God, the Bible says, but he's not just the mighty God, it says he's the almighty God. That's why I love that new song that Matthew taught us today. You are the Lord Almighty. You're the Lord Almighty. And when Tim and I went to uh, Thailand about six months ago on a missions trip, they would just learnt that song, so they sang it hundreds of times the week we were there at that conference. They sang it in Thai half the time and in English the rest of the time. But boy, did we know that song by the time we left Thailand. He is the Lord Almighty. And we know that by truth, but we need to know it by experience. And God wants us to know that. Job 11, 7 to 9, Job was one who understood that his God was the Almighty God. And that's what took him through all the reversals, all the disappointment, all the loss and all the grief, because he knew the Lord as the Lord Almighty. And that's what it gave him courage to not back off And let disappointment rob his faith. It says, Can you fathom the mysteries of God? Can you probe the limits of the Almighty? They are higher than the heavens above. What can you do? They are deeper than the depths below. What can you know? Their measure is longer than the earth and wider than the sea. Wow, wow. That's the revelation that Job had of his God. And I reckon that's what got him through when, he, when everything seemed to fall apart in his life and his children were destroyed in a storm and he lost all his possessions. And I thought, wow, God, how big is the God that you know? Or is it limited? Is God shaped in our limited understanding or is he the Almighty God, that we're growing into that revelation. As Marilyn shared at communion, how God revealed Himself. He got closer and nicer throughout Bible history. And I hope He's getting closer and nicer and more powerful in your journey because that's what God wants us to have, a growing relationship and revelation. The psalmist said in Psalm 89 verse 8, Who is like you, Lord God Almighty? He was sort of running out of words, hey? He just sort of put all that them together. Lord God Almighty, you, Lord, are mighty, and your faithfulness surrounds you. Wow, the psalmist had a revelation of you're the Lord Almighty. Psalm 24, 7 to 10, another psalmist said, Lift up your heads, you gates, be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? It's a good question to ask. Who is the God that you love and serve? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, you gates. Lift them up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is he, this King of glory? The Lord Almighty. He is the King of glory. Wow, so I want to ask you the question how big? is the God that you know and we sing about that greater is he that's within us than he that is in the world. How big is he in your relationship, your revelation, your understanding and your experience? God wants us (coughs) to grow and have an increasing, ever expanding, understanding and experience of how awesome is our God. Because let me tell you, the bigger that you have of understanding revelation of God, the less fear will come on you when setbacks come. The less fear will come on you when it seems like evil is overrunning our nation because you'll realize that the Lord Almighty is greater than every scheme of the enemy, than any setback because He's the Lord Almighty but He's the loving God who cares for us. And I believe in the pressure, the challenge, the opportunities that we're facing right now in our lives and and in this nation that it's time for a revelation of the Lord Almighty. It's time for an increasing understanding for His people, the church, to see that He is the mighty, the almighty God. So how do you get to know and grow in this understanding of the Lord Almighty? I believe, number one, it comes out of relationship. We come and connect with our God through Jesus Christ, with flesh, a God with flesh on. Genesis 17 verse 1 When Abraham was 99 years old, he'd had the promise when he was 75 that they were going to have the promised son. Still hadn't happened 24 years later. Now he's 99 and it's totally impossible. It was probably almost impossible at 75. Now he's 99 and Sarah's 90. And listen, it says, when Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. In other words, Nothing's impossible. I am God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. So we can have the revelation of how mighty he is and then daily we've got to walk that out in relationship, trusting his faithfulness and doing the best we can to not deliberately sin and mess up the the program and the process. The... uh, One of the other versions of the Bible says, When Abram was 99 years old, Yahweh appeared to him. He said to Abram, I am El Shaddai, live in my presence with integrity. Wow. Live in my presence with integrity. Talks about character, consistency. You're saying, well, that counts me out. I'm so inconsistent. When the pressure's on, I just crumble. Hey, God's drawing us to grow to be strengthened and uh, he's the El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one, the almighty God was uh, what one of the meanings of El Shaddai is. Exodus 6.3, God says, I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac and to Jacob as God almighty but by my name the Lord I did not make myself fully known to them. Wow, how amazing. So God appeared to them But the full revelation of God didn't come until Jesus walked the earth and the Holy Spirit was poured out so we can live in the freedom of that. And I think that's a powerful, progressive revelation of God that we have. So number one, if you want to see and know God Almighty, you need to have a relationship, a growing relationship where you are willing to discover, understand, experience, hunger for, Ask the Lord for an ongoing, increasing understanding. I've found in my life, there have been moments where I've had revelations, I've had understanding. Remember the first missions trip I went to, I was in Vietnam, um, where it was underground church and communist country, and I walked into a church that was sort of a government regulated church. They were allowed to preach the gospel, but they weren't allowed to train leaders or do evangelism. But even in the middle of that, and there was no interpreter, so I only understood the word hallelujah, and I could sort of guess what everything else was going on, but people were still getting saved. They still worshipped God, even in a controlled situation, and they did church so different than what I'd ever experienced. And I just thought, God, you are the almighty God, and you bring revelation to every culture in whatever situation. So I had a divine moment of revelation of how almighty God was by how he moved in different cultures. I remember when I was in Niagara Falls in 1994 and I was there and I had a, I had a moment of encounter with the almightiness of God as those millions of litres of water went roaring over and I was in this old tunnel which you could come and you're only two metres from the face of the water roaring down in front of you and the roar was Unbelievable. You think it gets noisy in church, well multiply that by 10 and that was the sound that was coming at the roar of the waterfalls and I stood there for about two minutes and had a divine moment I said, God, if this is one little bit of your incredible creation on this earth, how amazing are you to create us as human beings, to create all the other amazing aspects of earth, to create the heavens. The sun, the moon, I just was transfixed for a few moments when I had a encounter through his creation of the almightiness of God. And maybe you can think about some of the moments, sometimes at the birth of a child, it's like you're just totally overwhelmed of how awesome God is. Or you see someone's life who is heading for destruction and then all of a sudden they have an encounter with God's grace and love and truth and you think, wow. You are almighty. Or a divine healing that's come. So there's a revelation come. So number one, if you want to grow in your understanding of God, you need to have a relationship. And then out of relationship, there comes revelation. Revelation, the word revelation comes from the root word reveal to see. You see things that you never saw before. And how awesome is it when you have a revelation of how God's, Graces, or how powerful he is, or how awesome he is. And Isaiah 6, he had a revelation. Here's the prophet. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him was seraphim, each with six wings, with two wings, they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another: Holy, holy, holy is the Lord almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. You think, wow, if God's glory is filling the earth, then why do we still have sin and darkness? There are mysteries and there are seasons and the enemy has limited things to do to help drive people to God and for people to make choices. But it says, you're the Lord almighty. The whole earth is filled with your glory. And then it goes on and says at the sound of their voices the doorpost and threshold shook and the temple was filled with smoke. This guy's having a moment of revelation. <laughs> One of those divine moments of revelation. Woe to me I cried. I'm ruined from a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. I pray that many more of us have moments, have a revelation. You might only have one or two of those in your earthly journey, but I pray that you have a moment or two. I've had one or two in my life that have so shaken my life and they have shaped me and changed the way I see life. I had one three years ago on the front seat here as I saw a picture of Christ standing over our city. And the more we praised and worshipped, the larger He became. And in His hand He carried a great sword that was to destroy the works of the evil one. And he had an overflowing bucket of liquid that was liquid love and living water that was going to change our city. I had that divine moment here of revelation. And so every time I see the need, I see that picture and I know that Jesus is greater. He's the Lord Almighty. And each of us need moments of revelation. If you haven't had one, say, God, I want to encounter you. I need a revelation of how much bigger you are, how much more awesome you are, how your love can heal the broken heart how your power can set the captives free. And we all need those divine moments. You might only have one or two in your life, but let me tell you, they will change the way you think and see yourself and everything around you. And I hunger for more because after a while, the impact of that can slowly fade because we live in a world of feelings, of circumstances, of intimidation, of lies and deception, and we need... An ongoing revelation. And look what happened to Isaiah. Isaiah was so impacted. His initial response is, whoa, whoa, I'm, I'm undone. I'm a, my lips are unclean. I can't stand in this incredible, powerful, holy moment. And it goes on and says, Then one of the seraphim or angels flew to me with a live coal in his hand which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it, he touched my mouth. Hey, just think about this. This is a scary moment. You ever been in a fireplace? And maybe you're cooking marshmallows and it's dark and you go to put the marshmallow in your mouth and you don't realise that there's a bit of hot coal got stuck on the marshmallow because you got a bit too close to the... Have you ever had that happen? And your whole mouth just explodes and you burn your lips and you you lose your sense of taste for about three days because you burn everything. This guy had an angel bring a hot live coal that touched his mouth and lips and he was never ever the same again. Whoa. Oh God, there's some people here, you've gone round and round in circles and I feel the Spirit of God saying the time is coming where you're going to have a divine encounter that is going to change your perspective and you will not need excuses anymore. You will not need to run away or you will not need to get out and fight in your own strength because you will have a revelation of the Almighty God and how He loves you and how He's created you and destined you to live. And I don't put that as something, as a carrot out there to dangle and and get you chasing something that's not real. I've had enough of these encounters to know, and I've read the Word of God enough to know that God loves to encounter us. In the moments, in the desperations, in the cry of your heart, God hears those cries. And He knows the best and most impacting way to encounter you. It might be a scripture just comes alive. Someone's story of breakthrough captivates you and you can never, ever forget it. A book you read or a holy moment of revelation that can happen in a church service, in a prayer meeting or with you and God alone. Oh God, look what happened. He came and touched my mouth and said, see, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for? Wow. Something happened. His guilt, his shame, his sin was atoned for. In other words, it was paid. And the word atonement, someone said it's like at-one-ment with God because the barriers have been dealt with. How beautiful it is when you know you've got total freedom in your walk with God. No guilt or shame or guilty conscience or Oh, Jesus. Then it goes on. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, Here am I. Send me. When you have an encounter with the Lord Almighty, your life is forever changed. It's an ongoing revelation. That's what Reinhard Bonnke, some of you have heard Reinhard preach, that German missionary that preached in South Africa for years and hardly see anyone got saved. And then things started to radically break loose. And he had a divine encounter with God as a young guy. I've read his story. It's about three or 400 pages long. If you ever get a chance to read his story, it is very, very powerful. It's one book I could not put down. And as a young boy, he was the youngest of four or five brothers, and his family didn't think that he had the capacity. His older brothers became doctors and professional people, but God had called him. And he had a revelation. He saw people dropping into hell. And God said, I've sent you to rescue them. That's why he cried out famously, plundering hell and populating heaven. Because he had a event with the Lord Almighty that forever changed his life. And we don't always have as dramatic a revelation of that, but God wants us, because he was called to a worldwide ministry. Not many of us have a worldwide ministry, but we've all been called, like Isaiah, who will go for me? And I just said, send me. Send me to my family. Send me to my sphere of influence. Send me to my classroom. Send me. With that call to be a doctor, send me with that call to be a carer or a counsellor. Send me with a an incredible creative gift to make things that are going to change people's lives. Send me to rescue other people broken like I once was. That's what happens when you have an ongoing encounter with the Lord Almighty. You say, "Well, that's a bit big and scary." That's why God sent Jesus to be God with flesh on, so that we can connect with this almighty God. And it says in uh, John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus said. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Eyes see revealed. So Jesus... That's why I love reading the Gospels. I love singing about Jesus because he's come to reveal the Almighty God. He is the Almighty God, but he's come to reveal him in a way that most of us mere mortals can connect with and understand. And Jesus went through the rejection and the betrayal and the the tiredness and the the friends who walked away and, and those who promised everything and then still let him down. He went through all of that because he put skin on. And so that's why he can identify with when we get upset or feel like we've lost our way. He understands because he worked with broken people on this earth and he still does. And then he sent the Holy Spirit to lead us into all truth, to reveal the Father and the Son, to empower us. The Almighty God is calling us to stand up for Him, to go and proclaim and to demonstrate this awesome love and power of God. Acts 1.8 in the Amplified says, "But you will receive power and ability when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses to tell people about me both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and even to the ends of the earth. There are some people here, and you've had a divine encounter with God somewhere in your journey. It might have been the day you came to Christ or in those early years of your walk with God and just a lot of stuff's come and crowded in on that. You've never lost your passion and love for God but it seems like it's a distant memory, some of those incredible moments and seasons. Let me tell you, God wants all of His army standing up and doing His work. And he will make ways and he will create waves and he will stir your heart to let go of the sin and the things that still lock you down and limit you. The lies of the enemy over your soul because he wants to you to know how great is he that is within you and how to minister that in grace and truth and love and power. 1 Samuel 17.45 is a story of David and Goliath. I love, I love that story. Young David comes. For all the kids in kids' church, you know the story of of Goliath. He was was, uh, three metres tall. That's huge. I'm not even two metres tall and add another metre plus on top of me. And he was intimidating the people of God, saying, come and fight me. And so all the soldiers, they're just shaking and quaking and they'd get up every morning, put all their armour on, go out and sing their war songs and then go back terrified. I'm sorry, that's what we do sometimes as Christians. We sing all the songs, but we never actually go and take any ground. God says, hey, David comes along and says, who's this uncircumcised Philistine, defying and taunting the almighty God that I know? And David just saw straight through it and says, let me take him out. He's only a little guy. Because... David knew the almighty God and some giant that was twice his size was no match for the God that David knew. That's why he took him on. You listen to these words. As David's running to take Goliath on, he says in 1 Samuel 17:45, David said to the Philistine, "You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty." See? David was not intimidated because he knew how mighty God was. As a young man, he had discovered he could destroy a bear and a lion that was still in the sheep. And he worshipped God and he knew how awesome out of relationship and out of revelation how awesome God was. So he went with boldness and as he swung that stone, it went straight to its target because he had practiced a thousand times. And that defeated the works of the enemy. He said, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you've defied. Wow, wow, wow. God wants a few more warriors, men and women, who won't give up in the face of intimidating odds in our community, but to live for the power of our God. Twelve times, another way we get to know the Lord Almighty is through the revelation of scriptures. I love the word of God and the stories of God. Twelve times God is referred to as the Almighty in the New Testament and nine of them are in the book of Revelation. Revelation 1.8 says, I am the Alpha and Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. That's who he is. Revelation 8 in the Amplified. Then I heard something like the shout, shout of a vast multitude and like the boom of many pounding waves and like the roar of mighty peals of thunder saying, Hallelujah! For the Lord our God, the Almighty, the Omnipotent, the Ruler of all reigns. I've been in a few big crowds, but nothing like this. I've been at Hillsong, where you've got 25 or 26,000 people singing and shouting praise. And that's an awe-inspiring experience, if you're ever in that. I was at, in 1979, I was at the, in Sydney, when Billy Graham came There was 80,000 people at the Randwick Racecourse filling the stands and out on the tracks. And that was an awesome thing as they started to sing. I was at an AFL uh, game in Melbourne years ago. There was about 90,000 people there yelling and screaming. Yesterday there was 100,000. They are big crowds, but they are no match for this as millions of angels cry out and the sound of thunder... And sometimes when the enemy's thundering against you, you need to read some of this and say, no, our God's almighty. No weapon formed against us will succeed or prosper. Greater is he that's within us than he that's in the world. Psalm 62, 11 says, One thing God has spoken, two things I have heard. Power belongs to you, God. And with you, Lord, is unfailing love. And... You reward everyone according to what they've done. The psalmist said, I know two things. God's powerful and God's loving. That's really, if you've got those two together, life becomes a whole different equation. And you've got to remember that and remind yourselves of that. And the fourth thing today, which we won't have time to unpack fully is, if you want to have revelation, it comes through supernatural miracles and signs and wonders. Number one, It can come through relationship. Number two, through revelation. Number three, through the scriptures and all the amazing stories and truth. And number four, it comes through supernatural miracles. The ten plagues of Egypt, it was God destroying the gods of Egypt that they served. Every one plague came, it was to destroy another one of their false gods. They worshiped the sun, so he brought darkness. They worshipped the Nile River, so He turned it into blood. Every one of them was a direct confrontation between the Almighty God destroying the gods that the people had served. They weren't just things at random. They were encounters, and it was God, the Almighty God, showing that He was much more powerful than any God of this world. And any God of this world. If someone's a gambler, that's a God that tries to hold your life. The desire to get rich quick. We look for material possessions to fill something in our soul. We chase after relationships to fill the emptiness of our soul. All those things in right order can be a blessing, but they can also be, come, a curse. And listen to what it says. In, in most of the plagues, it says, By these signs you will know the Lord God and who He really is. That's what the Lord said most of those signs he would send Moses to talk to pharaoh and says you will know the lord god and who he really is and next message i'm going to talk about daniel shadrach meshach and Abednego. incredible stories amazing revelations they chose not to defile themselves and eat the food that was offered to idols they chose not to do what everything else was doing because they had a bigger revelation they chose not to bow down to the image of King Neb. And so they got thrown in the fiery furnace and what happened? The Lord himself appeared in the fire and they weren't burnt. And King Neb was so moved, he sent out a decree that no one else is to worship any other God except the God of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. Wow. Same thing happened with Daniel and the lions den. after the king saw that God had saved Daniel and all the schemes against him, he sent an edict out over the whole nation and said, no one is to worship any other God and anyone who does, we're going to cut them to pieces. That's a good way to sort out, get some converts, hey? That's what he said. Because they lived in a bit of a different worldview and framework because he's the true and living God. They had a revelation because... The Lord Almighty revealed himself in supernatural. And Dan, the book of Daniel is full of it. And I want to teach on that probably next time I speak. of this, because in today's world where we're intimidated, I want you to see that our God Almighty is so much bigger. That you need to know it. And is he big enough for you to change into the next place of freedom? For God to use you? How awesome was that? He sends a note to all the world and says, you've got to worship Daniel's God. Whew. How awesome would it be if God through you was so powerful that a message went out and said, you've got to worship Tim's God. You've got to worship Glenn's God. You've got to worship Graham's God. You've got to worship Elaine's God. You've got to worship Tory's God. Because there was such a revelation of grace and power that that's their doorway to encounter the God. Wow. Some of you have seen that. Your life's been so changed. And so the nephews or nieces or really say, they ring up and say, can you pray? Because your God is your prayers. And I always say, he will hear yours too if you ask. Oh, no, 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 I'm, ba- I'm a bad person. He wouldn't listen to me. I said, yes, he will. There's a doorway through Jesus. said, so he'll listen to your prayers. Wow, let's stand in his presence. There's some people here right now. You've been facing some huge challenges or some ongoing things that have tried to rip you off or steal from you or destroy you or your family. And I just hear the call of God saying, Hey, I want to bring a revelation of how almighty I truly am to you. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church.